When I was a kid growing up in Jersey, uh, anybody who was a hoot or really funny or something, uh, we'd call him a riot. Ladies and gents, uh, this guy's a riot in more ways than one. Bob Dylan. song at a time proud member of the fire and water podcast network i'm your host the freewheeling rob kelly and joining us this week is a new guest all the way from the other side of the world in australia nick khalil hello nick welcome to the show rob how are you nice to be here and uh thanks for your show i'm, I'm loving it over here and uh I got a few fans for you over on this side of the world as well, so uh, really enjoying it. <laughs> well, that's great to hear. Yes, you've reached out to me, and uh, this is our first, I think, uh, overseas uh, guest, which is very exciting. And so, before we get into the song in, in question, which is "Foot of Pride," an outtake from Bob's 1983 album "Infidels," and boy, there is a lot to say about this song. Uh, I do, <laughs> yeah. I, as I always do, for we have new guests like. How did you find your way to Bob Dylan? How did you find to, to his way to his work? Yeah, so, um, well, I grew up in uh, in Melbourne, where I am now, and my father is, is more or less a contemporary of Bob Dylan. So um, so I came to him first through my father having um, a lot of Dylan vinyl in, in the house. And, in fact, I was just thinking back on that. He he uh, he had all the early stuff, you know, the uh, Bob Dylan freewheeling, the times are changing, and then um, and then he skipped the electric uh, era. But the next album he had in that in his series was Self Portrait, and I never quite know now. Now I know a bit more about Bob and the history. I think why why did he get Self Portrait after missing all the great ones uh, in between? <laughs> so I'll have to ask him that one day. So so that was my entry, and then I sort of left it not left it alone, but I I didn't really get into it until. Until Oh Mercy um, in '89 was when I really uh, dug dug more deeply, and, and uh, thinking back now, I was, uh, that was when I was 24, and I was thinking you sort of need to be of a certain age to sort of start getting into it deeply, and th- and that's that's when it hit me, and so I sort of went forwards from there, and and I went backwards, and of course caught up in all the, all the, all the stuff I'd missed out on in those intervening years. Do you have a particular favorite album or favorite era? Yeah, well, I've got to say. Uh, but Rob, Oh Mercy sticks with me because it was my first um, first uh, album that I, I really sort of dug deeply into. Uh, that sort of sticks with me. I've been listening to it a bit recently, and 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 it's a great album. So right now, as you know, it sort of changes depending on when you when you're asked. But right now, that's that's sort of one of my favourites. Interesting. Yeah, there's a, there's a Dylan album for every mood, pretty much. That's yeah, the way exactly. That, the way exactly. That works. Have you ever had a chance yeah. to see him live? Yeah, yeah, no. Bob comes this way every time he comes this way. I've I've see, I see him at least once um, since about '92, and he, he makes his way out here every three years or so. Uh, the last shows were great. He, he you know, he's, he's doing the, the Sinatra stuff and all that, which which perhaps not not my favourite era for him. But as a as a performance, he was in a. Uh, a, a, um, a venue he called the Palais, and, and instead of the sort of big, you know, like Madison Square Gardens type venue we have here, and it was just brilliant. It was like a, it was like a theatre performance. And I'm sure he's done it the same over there. And, and and so for for me and a lot of other Dylan fans out here, that's that's one of his best of his um of his of his visits since 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 the early days. So so yeah, he's great. He hasn't been here for a while, but 
you know, when he comes, you know, I'd go. <laughs> That's terrific. That's great. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, a, yeah. It's, a, it's a long flight, you know, but Bob likes to <laughs> yeah. traverse the world. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's, he's, he always he's got a legion of fans out here, like everywhere, and uh, and we all look forward to it when he uh, when he next announces. Fantastic. Uh, so, yeah, um, like I said, we're here to talk about Foot of Pride. This is a song that Bob recorded for 1983's Infidels, and it was uh, summarily dismissed, from what I understand uh, about this song. Unlike uh, Blind Willie McTell, which is the sort of other really famous outtake from Infidels, this this song was never really considered after it was recorded. Apparently he recorded it, something about it he didn't like, and it was forgotten and left behind. It's never been performed live. No. Uh, well, at least at least by Dylan. We'll we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll get to yeah. that momentarily. Um, and it was just one of those songs that that uh, no one ever knew existed until it was released in 1991 on the Bootleg series, volumes one to three. And it's it's you know like a great many Dylan songs that uh, he cast off and, and forgot about. This is a tragedy. That this song didn't make it onto Infidels because it's fantastic. It, it's an intriguing song, isn't it? It's uh, just one thing. Just re- in looking back on this song, I believe he, in the studio he he recorded about forty versions of it, forty attempts at it. So he he knew there was something there. That, that must be that must be a record, you know, in terms of the number of different uh, shots he had at it. I've never heard anyone other than the. The, the bootleg version come out. Maybe one day some of the others will come out too. But um, it, 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 he knew, obviously, it had something that he wanted to say in it, and it's such a, you know, the core of a great song there, but but obviously just didn't feel like so many other ones. He didn't feel like he nailed it. And, yeah, that's right. And unlike um, unlike Blind William McTell, which has sort of become famous, this one's still a bit of a, um, a, a, bit of a rarity, isn't it? And partly, I guess, it's because... To me, anyhow, it's so hard to penetrate. You know, what is this song all about? It's it's a it's an intriguing one. It's it's so so dense and and mysterious. But um, but see, there's a lot in there. It it starts with this great uh, just you know bang sound coming in, and it, it's interesting. I mean, I don't I never speak much to the music uh, in any mm. given song because I just that's not my expertise. But one of the things that mm. I have noticed about this song and I've read about is that it doesn't have any sort of melody. It's just a beat. <laughs> It's just yeah. Dylan singing over this 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 really very um, sort of captivating beat, and I'm yeah. I'm I'm amazed to think that he was displeased with this version because this is a very tricky song to sing. Uh, I've tried to sing along to it many times in the privacy of my own car because I'm not singing out loud for anybody, and even even I can't really follow along. The wordplay in this song is so complex that I always flub it, and he is note perfect. In the yeah. version that's on the bootleg series, and as you mentioned, no. it's it's really intriguing. It opens up with, first of all, the first line of the song is like the lion tears the flesh off of a man, which is wow, that's a hell of a way to start a song. Uh, so can a woman who passes herself off as a male. They sing Danny Boy at his funeral and the Lord's Prayer. Preacher talking about Christ betrayed. It's like the earth just opened and swallowed him up. He reached too high, was thrown back to the ground. You know what they say about being nice to the right people on the way up? Sooner or later, you're going to meet them coming down. Well, there ain't no going back. When the foot of pride come down, ain't no going back. And this, yeah. I mean, you're just like, what the hell is happening in this song? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, you're absolutely right. I mean, first of all, it hits you in the face. I love, you're right, there's that snare drum. It's a bit like 
you know, they talk about like a Rolling Stone has right. that one snare drum and bang. Well, this goes one snare drum, and it's not just into the music; it's straight into the voice. He's just opening up with those those opening lines you've just read, and yeah, I mean, what like from the word six verses, it, it's just that first one sort of sets the scene, doesn't it? What is he about? He's clearly sort of uh, angry. You know, he's talking about terrible things happening. The earth just opened and swallowed him up. Reached too high and was thrown back to the ground. Clearly, he's you know, he's he's sort of talking about bad things happening to people who who have done bad things, I guess. So there's a there's definitely a, a really sort of biblical tone to this that that, that he's uh, that that's that's clear from the period he was in. He was just coming out of his sort of heavily relig- religious period, but he's still got a lot of it in here, isn't he? With the um with with the the whole theme of this song is is um you know. The, the the bad things you do in life are going to catch up with you sooner or later. Yeah, it's interesting you, you mentioned the context because, I mean, for, again, for anybody who's listening to this who isn't totally familiar with where Bob was at this point, this was... Uh, the Infidels was the first album outside of Dylan's so-called Born Again trilogy, which was mm. 1979, Slow Train Coming, Saved from 1980, and Shot of Love from 1981. And if you follow the trajectory of those uh, songs, uh, the, the, those albums and those songs, and of course there's a um, bootleg series coming out, which is going to be extensively getting into this yeah. material. Um, as, the, as he went along, you found that the songs sort of uh, biblical viewpoint seemed to mellow a little bit over time. It seemed like the initially the songs done for Slow Train Coming, with some exceptions, are a little more on the harsh side. But by the time he gets the shot of, lo- shot of love, I think things are a little more gentle, a little more welcoming. It's a little less judgment-y and more about accepting of a community. There were some other songs from this time. There's a one called City of Gold, which is a really beautiful song about the sort of, you know, going to heaven. And um, and so it, it seemed that, that Bob's Christian, born-again born again Christian uh, viewpoint was mellowing a little. So he comes to yeah. Infidels, and this is where it seems to reverse that, because now all of a sudden Infidels seems to be mixing the biblical stuff with a pitiless view of what's going on in world affairs and in foot of pride the characters they are completely basically fucked i mean i can't i don't like to generally use talk like that on the show but there's no other word for it these people are screwed i mean he's talking again he's he's opening about he's talking about you know the earth coming and swallowing you up and dragging you down to hell i mean there there is there is no escape for the people in this song yeah, no, I mean, and 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 not only that, I mean, he paints the the people he's talking about, whatever it is that they're doing. I mean, they they are, in Bob's view, clearly terrible people. I mean, I, you know, to jump to the third verse, a retired businessman named Red um, feeds off everyone that he can touch, only deals in cash, and will sell sell your tickets to a plane crash. I mean, that's that line, not man. not someone you. Well, as his next line says, he's not somebody that you play around with much. So he's he's describing now whether these are people Bob has met or whether they're imaginary <laughs> people. Not. It's hard to know. But he's but I sort of as I tried to make sense of this incredibly sort of complex song, I was thinking, you know, he, he's come out of this um, this intensely religious period in his life, and and perhaps he's encountered these people who. Yeah, have dressed themselves up in the um, in the cloak of uh, 
veneer of respectability that that might come with that, and they're really terrible people. And he's and and he's letting it all pour out in this song. I don't know, but geez, he's painting a really shocking picture, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. The the line about the guy that'll sell you tickets to a plane crash is about as dark <laughs> as it gets. I mean, and again, he even points out not a guy you play around with much. And you got to figure that you know, as we've seen through his life, you know, Dylan has had access to the highest levels of sort of our society. Uh, you know, I mean, he hobnobs in his, when he wants to uh, with presidents and with, you know, heads of major corporations and even, uh, and even uh, you know, religious leaders. I mean, he played for the Pope uh, about uh, 20 years ago. And so you wonder if when Dylan is meeting some of these people, uh, he gets to see them up close, and he looks at them and says, "I don't really like these people very much." You know, I mean, I just yeah, again, yeah. The, the, you know, the idea that there's somebody out there that will do anything to turn a buck is, uh, you know, not a not a shock. You know, I'm not naive, but just the way he describes it is, well, somebody will sell you tickets to a plane crash. That is just like, whoa, that's yeah, yeah. harsh stuff. And he and he, you know, he weaves in some lines that that are on that same theme that are that are part of our you know language more generally you know you know what say about being nice to people on the way up sooner or later you're going to meet them coming down and then later on he says did he make it to the top well he probably did and dropped struck down by the strength of the will so he he's is this constant theme of you know this these all these people he's he's referring to are um are going to get what's coming at them later on. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> uh, also <laughs> it's intriguing. Also, at this time, Bob must have been watching a lot of old movies. I mean, I think he's a, generally a movie fan, but uh, mm. in particular, he mentions Errol Flynn in this song. There's a line about, <laughs> yeah. uh, "Sing me yeah. one more song about you, love me to the moon and the stranger, and your fall mm. by your and your fall by the sword love affair with Errol Flynn." In these times of, in the, which is a great line, in these times of compassion, when conformity's in fashion, say one more stupid thing to me before the final nail is driven in. And yeah. what's interesting is that he mentions Errol Flynn in another song from this time, which is uh, "You Changed My Life," which is a much more it's upbeat right. song about religious conversion. But Errol Flynn was clearly on Bob's mind, and that he's working him into two different songs, neither one of them which made the album. But it's, it's funny to hear Errol Flynn show up in two different songs. It is. I mean, he, well, it's a bit later on, isn't it? But then he, uh, he, you know, Gregory Peck appears in uh, um, the song he wrote with Brown's Sam Peckinpah. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. He's, uh, he, he's he likes throwing in the um, the movie stars uh, sort of theme occasionally, doesn't he? I mean, there's so many great lines in this song. I mean, I'm just looking at it now, and and you think, I mean, they're all they're all of a theme. But I mean, one of the later ones I, I like is um, it just brings up to me the thought of of someone getting put in witness protection or something. He says, from now on, this will be where you're from. Mm. Just that single line. What does that mean? You know, from it's like, you know, someone being driven to the other side of the country overseas and said, right, here's your new name. Here's you. And then now on, this is, this is be where you're from. Like you're, you're starting a new life because you've, you've done something bad in your, in your life previously. You know, again, just a lot of darkness, and, and and so many emotions captured in this very you know sim- simple single line, uh, and that's what Bob's so good at, isn't it? He just he, you know, you're never quite sure what it's all about, but he but he can capture a lot in in just a few words. That's interesting. You say that I never thought of that, and makes a lot of sense. I never really, I don't think I've ever really quite figured out what that line meant, but that makes a lot of sense to me, and it certainly does fit in with the cast of characters. 
he's got going yeah. in here because they're all just criminals and terrible people. I mean, the second half of the verse that you quoted earlier, which is the whole, he's not somebody you play around with much. He mentions Miss Delilah is his, a Philistine is what she is. She'll do wondrous, wondrous works with your fate, feed you coconut bread, spiced buns in bed, if you don't mind sleeping with your head face down in a grave. Like, you know, so you've got this, you've got yeah. this woman who is feeding you sweetbreads and sort of stuff yeah. to distract you and fill your belly. Meanwhile, yeah. you're yeah. going to you're gonna basically get pushed down into an open grave, which is like, woof. You know, again, yeah. like, this is a yeah. really dark, nightmarish world. <laughs> It is, yeah, luring you in with, uh, you know, spice buns in your bed, yeah, uh, and then, 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 come down comes the, uh, the, 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 whatever it is that puts you in the grave. So, uh, yeah, uh, incredible. Uh, I mean, another line later on was uh, where he talks about, uh, you know, the dust of the plague that left left this whole town afraid. So. He, uh, sorry, ain't nothing left here, partner. Just the dust, dust of a plague that left this whole town afraid. Again, conjures up for me, you know, just this deserted town in the outback where you know something bad's happened, a plague or whatever, and 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 you know, there's tumbleweeds and not much else left because of that, as if it's been struck down by a curse. I mean, you know, this is the imagery that that comes to me anyhow when when you start trying to work out what this song's about, and uh, you know. Bob, whether Bob meant it that way or not, it's 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 what what this song sort of brings out for me. Yeah, his 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 uh, his vocal on the song is really wonderful. I love the kind of almost talk singing that he does yeah. on it. I mean, at one point he sort of answers himself. He says, uh, "Well, they'll choose a man for you to meet tonight. You'll play the fool, and learn how to walk through doors." And then he says, "How to enter the gates of paradise? No, no. How to carry a burden too heavy to be yours." So I love that he's answering his own question. And then he continues, yeah. yeah, from this stage you'll be trying to get water out of rocks. A whore will pass the hat, collect the hundred grand and say thanks, which is a line I can never sing. No matter how many times I've tried to sing it, I mess it yeah, up. Yeah, 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 tricky. Um, they like to take all this money from sin, build big universities to study it, sing Amazing Grace all the way to the Swiss banks. I mean, that sounds like every politician you've ever heard of. Some in particular yeah. right now I could think of, but, you know, right. this, this is 1983 when Bob wrote this. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it, it's it's universal, isn't it? That those lines. Interestingly, uh, one of the one of the reasons I've heard mentioned that you know, and Bob never gives a real reason. I think why he chooses no, to he leave songs on off that we. But but if you the the tempo of the song changes from the start to the end, it actually gets quicker, and 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 it's it's particularly if you're listening to it on an you know iPod or iPhone, it's easy to check that just by sliding forward. It's quite noticeable, and I'm reading back on, you know, the the Bob's comments on this song. One of the things he says is we just couldn't get the tempo of that song right. We kept speeding up, and and the version that we 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 know of, it's very noticeable. It's not a, it's got a single simple drum beat, but it's not a drum machine. There's obviously a drummer there who just kept speeding up, uh, and they couldn't they couldn't get that right apparently. So that's that's um. That's interesting to listen to uh, on the song. You jump to the end, and it's it's noticeably quicker. Hmm. I, you know what? I don't think I've ever really noticed it. Now I've go back and listen yeah. to it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't. Yeah. Like I said, it's it's. I don't. I mean, blind. Uh, the, the 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 problem he had with blind William McTell apparently was that he just felt like he never quite got it, and he also said he didn't feel mm. like he knew where it would fit. But to me, foot of mm. pride, both lyrically and uh, thematically, would fit on 
fit in infidels quite well because it's yeah. a lot of infidels is about the sort of yep. people facing yep. the end times and using their yep. whatever. And it's like this, I mean, to me, this would have been one hell of a barn burner of a closer, you know, to end yeah. the album oh, with yeah. this. Holy jeez. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, yeah, I agree. And, and plus, you know, he's never, never done it in, uh, in concert, but boy, you know, you imagine if he nailed this live, particularly in that era, this would just be a, a, an amazing song. It'd just have the audience spellbound, you can imagine, because it's it's so powerful on the recorded version. And, and, and in, in, in concert, I, I imagine he would have done a ripper, but, but, but he never did. No, this is just one of these ones left behind uh, permanently. And mm. you, you mentioned live, because there is a live version of this. Of course, it's not by Bob Dylan. It's by Lou Reed. Uh, when Lou yeah. Reed was one of the many guests at the 30th anniversary concert, which, as I've mentioned in previous episodes, I managed to attend. Uh, yes. Lou, Lou Reed came out and sang the song, and I remembered uh, they didn't they didn't announce beforehand who was going to be singing what. So you just, you know, like, oh, wow, Lou Reed's here. And I remembered, uh, you know, like one or two lines into the song, and I was like, holy crap, he's singing Foot of Pride. That is crazy. And Lou did a pretty, wow. Lou did a, a pretty decent job, and Lou Reed is, I think, particularly suited to this kind of really withering, harsh song. Um, I, it's no Dylan version because it's it's he just lyrically, I don't think he quite nails it in terms of it's it's a little more ragged and stuff. But it was a nice try. It was a nice try. Yes. I appreciated the fact that yeah. Lou Reed picked something so obscure. As, I mean, that takes guts to say you're going to come on stage and you have one song to pay tribute to Bob Dylan. He's like, I'm going to go sing an outtake from Infidels. Yeah, well, it was an intriguing choice, wasn't it? I'm interested to, to ask you about it because, um, well, first of all, you know, I, I doubt many of the audience would have known that song. I mean, there are a few, there are a few um, obscure ones or more obscure ones being played that night, but but surely none as obscure as this. This it was only released a couple of years beforehand, and and uh, and and uh, yeah, the audience must have been sort of bewildered. But looking back at the video. Um, See, the band were getting into it. I mean, you know, Steve Cropper and, and G. Smith were really, you know, pounding it away. And so it was a great groove they had. Uh, Lou was reading the words. I can't fault him for that. See, how you couldn't, couldn't try and memorize these words easily. But um, one thing I meant to ask you, Bob, was uh, listening to that back, and I listened to it, that was one of my heavy rotation albums at the time, that, that concert. So, so this song was a favorite from there, Lou Reed's version. At the end of it, it, it almost seems like the audience start they, they start applauding, and then they go whether they're saying Lou or I don't know. But it almost feels like they're booing him. No, they, they were yelling Lou. Yeah, they were yelling Lou. Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to say I thought they reacted well, but yeah, there was Lou, Lou, Lou. Yeah, yeah the, the, the home hometown. Yeah. yeah, he's a New York boy, so that was the, he was a hometown the hometown crowd singing. Yelling yeah, at it, yeah. Lou Reed. Yeah, I do remember people really being sort of like, well, "That's weird." So I, the the friend that I went with was not a particular uh, Dylan fan. He was going more for the amazing lineup, and so I was having to explain to him like virtually every other song what this song is, what yeah. that song is. I mean, he knew like a Rolling Stone, and he knew some yeah. of the other ones. But I would be like, "Foot, you know, Foot of Pride." Oh, this is this weird thing from from Infidels. Yeah, it's 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 you know we've I've mentioned this on so many episodes, but it's like it's this is something about the depth of Dylan's catalog and his skill that he could write something like this and then just forget about it just be like yeah, yeah. i mean this is a career, this is a career making song for another musician 
Yeah, yeah. Look, this, this. I mean, you know, we've we've done it. Now you, you could spend you could spend hours sort of actually analysing this song, and 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 the performance. Going back to Bob's performance, it, it is so good. The vo- as you say, the vocal is, is is just awesome. The harmonica play. I'm, I play a bit of harmonica myself. It's it's very simple. It's nothing too challenging for him. But but you know the way he he he, he crams these incredible words into what's a very simple sort of meter. You know, it's a, it's a basic blues structure, although it doesn't really come off the first the first in, in the in the trio uh, very often. But um, he, he the the way he he, part, he he times it and and gets the tempo right. Brilliant, brilliant performance. You know, I, I can keep listening to it and uh, and his voice is in really good nick. At that era, I mean, you know, whether or not, and I'm I'm interested to listen to the the um as you mentioned the the next bootleg uh, series um instalment to to hear more of this. But whatever you think of his songs in that era, and some of them aren't to my taste the the the, the sort of religious period, but um the, his voice is just fantastic. You know, I, I reckon it's part probably one of the best eras of Bob's voice uh, on record on his recordings. Yeah, he sounds. He does sound terrific. I mean, what is your view of this period in general? I, I can. I've. I would imagine that if you experienced it as it was happening, it'd be pretty upsetting to see this this icon of the counterculture all of a sudden becoming a sort of very strict doctrinaire religious guy. I was able to accept it because I was coming after. I was coming to it after it was over, and it just looked like it was yeah. just another period of his career. Yeah. So I wasn't. I wasn't involved in uh, or listening much to Bob then, but but I'm reading a bit on the on the um, on the on the boot league series thing coming up, and there's a few quotes by Clinton Halen, who's who's I think written the liner notes for it. Um, you know, there, there was well, it just it just reinforces how how bad the reactions were for it, and there's there's a, there's a quote I think of him, another journalist talking to him and saying, you know, this is this is. Um, this is a, an iconic artist basically just trashing his um, legacy. You know, he really, and he wrote a scathe. There was a, another British journalist just absolutely scathing on, on what Bob, Bob, Bob was doing up there. I think he was reacting not so much to the music, but, you know, there's some footage of Bob up there, you know, giving, um, you know, 15-minute, you know, sermons almost, you know, before he goes into his next song. And, um, and you know, he was saying this is not what people are there to see. Uh, I'm going to say, in, in, in hindsight, as a listening, living through it, I perhaps would have said, "Gee, you know, I'm I'm, I'm leaving this alone." But in hindsight, I don't mind it as, and but I, I don't mind it as much as I, I probably would have at the time. And I'll, I'll be listening to a bit more of it when the when the next bootleg comes out, just to just to sort of see if there's any other gems that we we might not have heard of yet. I would imagine this is a song that uh, you mentioned the other versions. I've never heard another version. I've never heard of even an attempt at other version. This song seems like something that, you know, probably was lyrically futzed with a lot because it is so dense and it features so many characters that you could guess that there's probably other alternate versions where, you know, we have different characters or them doing different things or something. So if now there is no other version of Foot of Pride on this upcoming Bootleg Series release, but uh, they, they they must exist somewhere, and I would love to hear it because uh, it, this is just so so dense. And you imagine, I'm imagining that there were a lot of uh, notebook paper used up on the lyrics for this. Uh, maybe there's a whole bootleg series released just on this song. You know, <laughs> there's 40, 40 versions. Maybe they could just throw them all on on a triple album, and there you go. That's the next <laughs> installment. 
it's a nah. it's really an, really an amazing scary. I mean, for my for my money, the the, the stuff about him is a religious period. I tend to like the, the songs that are more positive, that are more mm. uplifting. Whether it's Pressing On or Precious Angel or Every Grain of Sand. <laughs> Uh, I would yeah. imagine if I heard a whole album of Foot of Prides, I would be like, you know, this was great, Bob, but boy, I feel depressed, you know, at the end of yeah. this, because it's, you know, it's like kind of watching like Mad Max Fury Road or something. It's it's exhilarating, <laughs> but I don't want to live there. Uh, yeah. But, but yeah. This, I, this is an amazing song to sing along to, because it's just, it's just so complex and weird, and there's all these sort of verbal loop-de-loops that it's... It's it's kind of uh, it's it's energizing. You would think it wouldn't be, but it kind of is when you when you try and sing along to it. And you mentioned the harmonica. I'm glad you did. I love his harmonica on this. He, yeah. I don't know anything about playing, but I love the way it it slices in. Almost it's like a uh, yeah. it's like like it's almost like a, a stabbing sound. You know, it just comes yeah, in with these hard slides in and slides out. Yeah, it's just a stark blast. Uh, you know, a, a, a blow and draw um, just repeated and. It sort of suits the, you know, the austere tone of the song. You know, there's nothing fancy. It's not melodic. Um, it, it, it's, it's very much in keeping with the words, I'd, I'd suggest. It's an it amazing performance, an amazing song, yeah. and probably made all the more amazing the fact that it's just left behind. You know, it was just forgotten about. And uh, I, mm. I'm, I'm sure I know I'm not the only person that makes alternate versions of Bob albums inside of iTunes. I make my own little playlists of, you know, yeah. Time Out of Mind version two. And I I do, mm. I, I've definitely made an Infidels uh, version two. And this song is always on there. This is, I yeah, always, this so, is an absolute first first draft song. So if you put this and, uh, and Blind Willie McTell on Infidels, which two do you kick off? Uh, Union Sundown. Union Sundown yeah. goes... Uh, yeah. And what's the other one? I th- you know what? I mean, I think I cheat a little, and I'm like, well... There's <laughs> you only- expand it. Yeah, there's only eight songs on Infidels. You could fit yeah, ten yeah. songs, so I make it a nice sure. ten But Union Sundown is... I-, I like Union Sundown just fine, but it doesn't hold mm-hmm. a candle to me to the other songs on the album. So that's that's the first one to go. Yeah, yeah fair enough, too. Yeah, yeah. I no, mean, the, um, the one, now that we're talking about it, though, the one thing I could see that maybe the reason this got dumped is because there is a song on Infidels called Man of Peace, which has a lot of similar things thematically in terms of uh, this sort of, you know, satanic figure. Now, Man of of Peace is centered around one person instead of a whole group of people, but I maybe could see you saying, well, maybe Man of Peace and Foot of Pride don't, it's too much for one album. Too much for one, yeah, right, yeah. It's, um, yeah, I wondered at the time whether, or now rather just thinking about why he kicked it off and, and maybe it was too much. I mean, it's a very, it's a very you know, intense and, and accusing song, but, um, but as you say, there, there's plenty of others like that. So maybe, yes. but maybe it was, uh, <laughs> maybe it was just too much of a good thing for Bob at that stage. <laughs> I, I would imagine, uh, I mean, I've, I've read his book, I've read Chronicles. I would imagine producing Bob Dylan has got to be a, uh, a fraught exercise for anyone because, you know, I mean, there's got to be moments where he's like, nah, forget that. And you're, you're in the recording booth going, Oh my God, this guy's killing me. You know, this guy's, I can't imagine hearing foot of pride and then have him say, nah, let's forget it. Let's move on to something else. Be like, "Uh, uh, wait wait a minute. Uh." (laughs) Well, of course this was, I think the story, this was Mark Knopfler playing and, and producing it. So, but from what I recall on that album, because he'd done, I think slow train coming a few years earlier. But I, I, from what I heard, you know, um, 
because you know you think 1983 dire straits were massive at that stage. So um, apparently Knopfler, you know, was in the studio playing obviously and 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 producing, but then he had to rush off on a world tour. And and so for what I'm hearing, you know, he sort of couldn't put in the time to to, to follow up. And maybe he could have leaned on Bob a bit more to say, hang on, you got these great songs, but for whatever reason, I, I think it was part of it was him not being there. It sort of just was left left maybe to Bob or whoever else was involved, and and hence hence you know these songs got these great songs got left off. It's unbelievable, amazing stuff. So uh, I think that's going to do it for for Foot of Pride. I mean, uh, we'll have a link in the show notes as always to where you can buy it off of iTunes. If you have not heard the song yet, go ahead and get it. It is it, you will not be disappointed. You will you will dine out on this song. There is so much to to, to listen to and pay attention to, and the, the cast of characters you're introduced to is, is pretty amazing so uh, nick thank you so much for reaching out and come out uh, to talk to me about this song this is terrific the minute you mentioned it in your email i was like oh yeah we gotta talk about that one because it's just it's just such a great song yeah. rob i've really enjoyed it thanks thanks a lot and uh, thanks for your show i'm love we're loving it over here oh thank you very much that's great to hear i'm amazed that my song my show is making it all the way to australia it's, <laughs> it's sort of remarkable uh. So, uh, well, like everybody, thanks so much for listening. As always, you can listen, to, you can find all the uh, old episodes of uh, Pod Dylan on our website, which is firewaterpodcast.com. And we are always talking about Bob Dylan over on Twitter, which is at pod underscore Dylan. So, again, thanks everybody for listening, and we will see you later. Bye. Ain't nothing left here, partner. Just the dust of a plague that has left us all down afraid. Where you're from Let the dead bury the dead Your time will come